0: This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
1: What is this now? What is
0: this? What is happening in this episode right now?
1: How did we get here? Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
0: I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. We're comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls.
1: Which is a show that I love, but I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows.
0: So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go.
1: And this week we watched season three, episode four of both shows, starting with Gilmore Girls, one's got class, and the other one dies.
0: As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Beauty and the Beasts...
1: There was a theme this week, Brian. Yes. It was the name Debbie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, both episodes had someone named Deb.
1: A pretty important person named Debbie that kind of messed things up for everyone.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: But we'll get to that. So last time when we were recording the podcast...
0: We had to stop. And go listen to the door.
1: Yeah, because there's these people upstairs that have parties like all the time. All the time. And COVID's getting better now. But like they were doing this months and months ago.
0: No masks, tons of people, small apartment. Till very late. Very late. Like on a Tuesday till like 5 a.m.
1: So we had to go listen to the door because this guy was like complaining to our superintendent that he was gonna like move out because these people like tried to go into his apartment. It was just drama.
0: And they share a fire escape, and he's always finding, like, broken, discarded bottles out there.
1: And he's worried if he calls the cops on their loud parties, they'll, like, come in his window through the fire escape?
0: Yeah, because he'll go over there and, like, tell them to stop, and then they'll still party for another four hours. We're not, like, super close to that window, but we've heard it. But they also all keep coming in the front, so they ruin our podcast because the door buzzes constantly. Yeah,
1: if you ever hear a buzzing in our podcast, it's because we're close to the front of the building, and anytime anyone buzzes in, there's just, like, this hum That we have to stop like 10 times a podcast and sometimes we just talk through it and you can maybe hear it.
0: The buzz is so long. It's like a solid minute of buzzing.
1: Oh my god, my laptop battery swelled up? I'm currently rocking a laptop with no battery that we're recording this on. Apparently, you shouldn't leave your laptop in the sun. Did you know that, Brian?
0: No, I didn't know that. Stacy got a nice little desk that she put up against the window so she could like do work while looking outside, and apparently that's bad for your laptop.
1: Yeah, I do think my laptop might have some cooling issues. Like it does get pretty hot. The fans maybe aren't great. But yeah, it's most likely from UV rays. The guy said. So we gotta like rearrange our whole bedroom and find a new place to put my desk. But so yeah, don't leave your electronics in the sun. It can happen to phones too.
0: I know a lot of you out there were big electronics in the sun enthusiasts. So be careful.
1: I mean, it's getting nice out. You want to get outside you want your appliances to get some sun don't though it's not good for them all right Brian should we talk about our shows let's do it so this week we started with Gilmore Girls Brian why don't you tell them what happened in one's got class and the other one dies
0: so this episode is about kind of nothing
1: (laughs) kind of nothing yeah
0: (laughs) kind of nothing I mean this episode really is about two things it's about Lorelai speaking at a school meeting about her success But also more about, I think, Rory dealing with her feelings of jealousy, I guess. I mean, it's kind of, it's also about Lane trying to figure out what to do with her life.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rory's emotions were really packed into Lane's life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that there's like really an A storyline in this one. It's sort of like all three. Yeah. Yeah. The episode opens at Luke's, where Lorelai is telling Rory about all these premonitions she's had and dreams about her death.
1: It's silly, but disturbing.
0: I'm also just like, is she a slayer? Maybe she's a potential slayer, and when Buffy dies, she'll be activated?
1: Yeah, and it's weird, because the season opened on both of them having dreams. Yeah. So is Lorelai a Buffy?
0: They both get two hamburgers.
1: They each get one hamburger.
0: Right, they don't have a ton of hamburgers. But then Lane comes in, excitedly starts talking about her band practice. Then she immediately just picks up Rory's hamburger and starts eating it, which is not weird in this universe, because, like, Rory eats her mom's food all the time, her mom eats her food. Food doesn't make sense in Gilmore Girls. No. You think that's gonna be it, but there's more. Lane's talking about how she doesn't feel bad lying to her mom because she's buying everything and it's not, like, really lies. Lorelai's like, yeah, it is, though. And Lane's like, no, it isn't. And then, anyway, she's like, I gotta go. Thanks for the food, And then just, like, leaves with Rory's hamburger?
1: And then Rory starts eating Lorelei's hamburger, and then they just get up and leave with the burger?
0: Yeah, they didn't ask—what is happening here? They just leave.
1: They say, bye, Luke, and he nicely says bye, not like, where are you going, or you owe me for those two burgers.
0: Yeah, they don't pay, and also, why didn't they just order those to go if they were gonna leave?
1: And they didn't seem like they were going to leave until Lane affected them somehow?
0: Yeah, totally weird. Nonsense scene. Very <laughs> weird. As they leave, Shane comes in and just starts like having sex with Jess's mouth, essentially. Mm-hmm. By the way, can we just talk about the way Jess holds books? I feel like the director was like, I want you to hold the book like a rebel.
1: I didn't notice that. How he he hold- holds it
0: like a steering wheel. Every time he holds a book, no one reads that way. But every time they show him, he's always grabbing the book with his left hand like a steering wheel. Sometimes his right hand, but...
1: Like, not the way you should hold a steering wheel. Not like 10 and 2.
0: No, more like 11.
1: Just one hand. Yeah. Cool, cool. That is cool.
0: That's probably why he crashed. He was holding the steering wheel like a book.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. He was reading.
0: Then we go to band practice, where everyone is playing very quietly for some reason.
1: We meet some new characters.
0: We do meet some new characters. We see that Lane's new uh, love interest... Dave... Rogalski. I'm never going to remember his name. I hope he's around a lot and he says his name a bunch of times.
1: You know what's funny is I can't remember. I think it was like late last season. Someone was talking about someone, like a banker or something, and they had the name Rogalski. And in my head, I'm like, is that related to Dave, the guy we haven't met yet? Is it? I don't know that we ever meet Dave's dad.
0: Or that's just like one of those names people use all the time, like one of the writers just uses. Yeah. Well, some of the band members are getting frustrated because they want to play a lot louder because you need to play loud to get good.
1: Yeah, that's... Fair.
0: By the way, they're at the uh, music store. They have a deal where they can use that place for free, but they have to play quietly. But I don't think they have to play. That's not part of the deal, right? That they play quietly?
1: No, they say they have to play quietly because Lane's mom has an antenna that picks up non-Christian music.
0: I kind of hate that. I'm like, no, I think that's silly.
1: That is really
0: silly. (laughs) Like, what?
1: (laughs) It doesn't. That's not. That doesn't make sense.
0: She must be hearing that all the time, right? <laughs> like yeah. people play non-Christian music all over the town. I, yeah. m- I imagine.
1: I you'd think the troubadour.
0: Yeah, she's just constantly like, all oh, I can hear is the troubadour right now. They
1: should just get the troubadour to play outside during band practice.
0: Problem solved.
1: Yeah. I mean, should I email Lane and tell her that? Because she still hasn't come up with a solution. I
0: might call her on Lorelai's phone just to see. Yeah. Yeah, so none of that makes sense. But she's, like, afraid her mom will overhear it and, like, come stop it. I don't know. So she, like, storms out when one of the band members is like, we've got to move or I'm not going to do this.
1: Yeah, they want to practice in, like, Hartford, which is impossible for Lane, because she was bragging in the beginning about how close to her house this is, so she can, like, easily sneak over to band practice. So
0: she goes outside, and then Dave goes after her, and he's, like, really trying to calm her down and be like, come on, we'll figure out a way to make this work. Later, she's on the phone brainstorming with Rory about, like, how she's going to to figure out a way to like do band practice in Hartford. She's got to come up with a lie that like gives her time to go to Hartford, practice and come back. You know twice a week And that's kind of like What kind of lie Is gonna cover all that By the way Lane is having this conversation In her enormous closet
1: This also kind of Doesn't make sense Like she's got stuff Under the floorboards In her room We know that I get her mom Maybe wouldn't check there But there's no way Her mom's not looking In her closet
0: Yeah I I don't buy that either But I guess she might Just be in the closet To like keep the sound down
1: But she's still got Like stuff in there That her mom
0: Probably wouldn't love I mean her mom Doesn't like anything That's true
1: But it's so big It's like as deep As our living room Yeah It's twice as deep As a Normal closet for sure.
0: But Roy's essentially like, you know, you're not going to figure out a life for this. Your mom's going to find out. You might as well just tell her the truth and give her an ultimatum that this has to happen.
1: Or and, just have the troubadour play outside. Yeah.
0: And Lane's like, okay, I'll, I'll try. Really, it's just like Lane, just keep practicing where you are. Your mom's not going to find out. I honestly feel like that's legit, like bad writing. I like the show a lot. I think a, ri- a lot of the writing's really good, but like none of this situation makes any sense.
1: Yeah, the whole antenna thing is stupid.
0: Yeah then Rory gets a phone call from Debbie Fincher it's a character we've never met before for a minute I'm like should I know who Debbie is you said her whole name so Debbie is a a mother of one of Rory's like friends slash acquaintances from school her old school Lorelai does not remember her at all but Lorelai's like all those moms are the same and we will find out later that that is true they are all the same She seems nice. She's talking to Lorelai and she's like, Lorelai, we always thought you were so funny, so cool. We would love to have you come and do a talk about your success as a businesswoman at the end. She keeps going on about how she always thought Lorelai was so fun, and she remembers all these specific instances with Lorelai that Lorelai does not remember at all, which is kind of funny. Lorelai is excited to be asked, and she calls her Deb, and that was funny because Deb's like, oh my gosh, you rat. You know I hate being called Deb. It's all very important. Uh, It's also kind of funny. She just, like, asks her about her daughter, knowing that she'll just go on and on about her daughter, so she covers up the phone so she can talk to Rory for a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) That was all funny.
1: She's, like, honored to be asked, but I think she still, like, wants to check with Rory if she should do it for some reason.
0: Right. Debbie is like, oh, we're trying to get somebody else. We're considering Luke, but don't think he'll do it, which definitely he would not. But Lorelai's like, oh, I can convince him to do it. Because Lorelai can convince Luke to do anything, apparently. Mm-hmm. Then at the end, Lorelai's preparing her speech. We get this weird music that means, like, Lorelai's thinking, I guess. She's doing, she does this weird, like, chicken thing with her head. I don't know how to describe it, but, like, every time we hear that music, she does the same, like, head movements.
1: This is something that you notice more than me. I'm right, though. I know the music you're talking about. i I'm don't want to make
0: a compilation. Okay. And Michelle is making fun of the fact that she's considered successful in this tiny town. I want to be like, what about you, Michelle? Like, you you work here. <laughs> like, you work under her.
1: I know. That's why sometimes I'm like, does Michelle live here? I feel like he hates it here. Yeah,
0: I don't understand Michelle's deal at all. Luke calls her and is like, hey, I know we had some previous conversation that we we never saw.
1: No, you and I did not. Where
0: I agreed to do this thing, but I do not want to come. I'm backing out.
1: He only agreed because she, like, did a baby voice at him in public or something?
0: Yeah, which is so fucking weird <laughs>
1: it, it is weird they probably had that scene and it was weird so they got it
0: yeah but looks like I'm not doing it and she's like okay well I'll see you tomorrow at four and then hangs up so he does not agree to this he no. does not agree in fact he's like I'm not gonna do it she's like yes you are hangs up Then we have a scene where Lane is trying to muster up the courage to talk to her mother. So Lane, like, comes in the kitchen, like, I'm going to talk to my mom. And Miss Kim's like, sit down. I've got something fun for you to do. It's all these applications to, like, obscure, esoteric, hyper-Christian girl schools.
1: Yeah, she said she specifically weeded out the ones where they let the boys and girls sit together in the cafeteria?
0: Yeah, God forbid.
1: So Lane does not tell her mom. No. They fill out college applications. Her mom loves it.
0: I hate Lane's mom. (laughs) really don't like She
1: her. is kind of funny sometimes, but yeah, she doesn't have a lot of redeeming qualities thus far.
0: No. She's like if Emily had even less tact.
1: I want more of her and Emily. That was so fun when they met.
0: Yeah. I love that they liked each other. <laughs> so later, Lane rants to Rory about this and is like, I'm going to have to do something drastic that my mother can't ignore. So the two of them go to like a beauty supply store. They're going to get some dye to dye her hair. Hence the title. I did this. I rebelled by dying my hair when I was a kid.
1: You told me your mom dyed it for you. N- no, I didn't. You said your mom used to frost your tips.
0: I did, but that's not when I rebelled.
1: Oh. I just imagine you be like, fine, mom. You're going to dye my hair.
0: You're going to bleach my hair, mom. I'm rebelling.
1: You dyed it a different time.
0: I dyed it black.
1: I know this hair. Yeah. <laughs> Can it, I post it on social media? Sure. You dyed it right before you got your, seeing your pictures taken? Is that true?
0: Yes. Yeah, so my mother is very upset about that.
1: It's very funny. Are you embarrassed by them or what, how do you feel when you look at those photos?
0: I'm not embarrassed by them. It's just like girls are always like, I want a guy who's tall, dark, and handsome. And it's like, well, I am handsome, but I'm not tall. I can get two out of three, you know? I
1: could be dark.
0: I could be dark and handsome.
1: Did it work on the ladies?
0: Dude, oh my God. You have no idea. It didn't?
1: You had a girlfriend, I right? did
0: have a girlfriend at the time. Was
1: she the one that wanted this?
0: No, I, I think I wanted this. Did she like it? She did like it. She also kind of looks like Lorelai. Oh, yeah? Yeah, unrelated or kind of related.
1: It's pretty related. But your mom was mad.
0: My, yes, my mom was mad. And she sent me to a hyper-Christian all-girls school. And... <laughs> It was pretty cool. The yeah, stuff sounds- they let us do during cafeteria time.
1: She didn't really think about that punishment very hard.
0: No, she didn't.
1: I like that story.
0: So Rory and Lane are at this beauty supply store, and they notice, or Rory notices, that the woman behind the counter is Shane. Shane this-
1: seems nice enough. Yeah. Actually, I don't know that she has any bad qualities other than liking Jess. Right. For the Jess that presents to her. What a weird sentence that was. <laughs> Well, I just mean, I don't think Jess is the same to her as he is to Rory. Oh, I agree. Which he basically says in this episode.
0: But this is a little awkward for Rory. You can just tell she is sort of nonplussed, doesn't know what to do or say. Then, Lorelai arrives at Luke's. Lorelai is dressed in like a business suit, and Luke is just, you know, wearing his regular I'm working at the diner stuff.
1: Plus an apron. He's never wearing an apron.
0: And she's upset. She's like, we gotta go. It's four. He's like, oh, yeah, I know. And she's like, we're supposed to be there already. He's like, oh, yeah, I know. And he takes his apron off. He thinks he's, like, dressed to go. And she's like, no, you've got to wear something nicer than this. Let's go upstairs. Let's break this down. Luke already said no. Right. And then she just, like, was like, you're going, hangs up. So... Her walking in, like, assuming he's ready to go or should be at the school is absurd. Yes. Or at least she should be not that surprised that he is sticking with what he said.
1: She also is like, you got to get ready to go. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he takes his apron off. So, like, why is he suddenly going to go?
0: Yeah, it's very confusing. Either he didn't want to go and is like, yeah, I'm not going, which explains the situation. Or he did break down and decide he's going to go and he should have been going.
1: Yeah, it's all, it's it's all, all not
0: weird. Good. So she takes him upstairs, and she says she'll buy him a toy.
1: That was kind of funny, because then Jess, like, overhears that, and then once he's done changing, he's kind of randomly just, like better be something I don't have to put together.
0: I agree that was funny, but it's also demeaning. I Sometimes I really feel like Lorelai's super demeaning to Luke.
1: Oh yeah, and I think he labeled it as such.
0: Yeah, but then Jess is there reading a book like it's a motorcycle throttle that he's revving. It just holds it so weird.
1: He's reading a chemistry book. It seems suspicious that he's studying.
0: I agree now that it does. In my head at the time, though, I was like, oh, he's like actually trying to do what he said he would do with Luke.
1: I thought that upon seeing the book as well. But... Of
0: course, there's more to it than that. We find out later. Luke goes to change in the bathroom. She says he can change in front of her, which is also weird.
1: Yeah, because she's seen him shirtless at the beach, but, like, let him change in the bathroom. Especially
0: since it's weird between you guys in no romantic sense. You know, like, draw a line in the sand, please.
1: Like, going swimming's different than, like, taking your clothes off. Yeah. In your bedroom,
0: but while he's in there, Lorelai sort of like notices something, and then Jess is all like, "What's up? What are you doing, <laughs> uh, Adrian?"
1: That's very funny. He plays Rocky Balboa's son. Dad, <laughs> uh, it's me. <laughs>
0: You're right. I didn't even think about that until after I did it. (laughs) But then when her and Luke leave, she says to Luke, like, he's got a girl in the closet. And Luke's all like, what? My son?
1: I guess Adrian would be Jess's mom in that case. Well, Milo's mom.
0: So Jess wasn't studying. He was fooling around or studying biology. Yeah,
1: but we never saw a clue. We maybe heard a noise.
0: Yeah, there's nothing that signals that to us. We can just see by her face.
1: Mm -hmm. But the show then later confirms that. It was Shane, which also doesn't really make sense. Because of time.
0: Yeah, this whole episode, just like nothing makes sense. Because then we are at Lane's house.
1: I assume this is the same day they bought the hair dye. It has to be.
0: Well, Rory's in different clothes, but she did just get done with school.
1: Yeah, and it's this is happening at the same time that Lorelai and Luke are at school. So it must be like 4 p.m., which would make sense that it's after Rory's school. And she would go home and get out of her school clothes to dye hair. But, but, but,
0: but, but, let's just take a couple steps back. So we assume this is the same day they bought the product, which had to be after Rory got done with school.
1: Yes. And Rory, it takes her like half hour to get home from school. So it's, let's say it's 3.30 when they buy the product.
0: And then at 4, because that's when Lorelai arrives at the diner, she says what time it is, Jess has the girl, his girlfriend Shane, who sh- just sold the product to Rory in the closet.
1: So she must have left the store where she was the only person working that we saw.
0: At 3.30, which is a weird shift change time.
1: Especially since she probably also just got done with school.
0: right. And then, like, hustled over to Luke's to start making out with Jess upstairs.
1: But then she goes back to work. We see her there again later the same day.
0: Yeah, so none of this makes sense. (laughs) Like, what?
1: She just closed down the store, maybe?
0: Yeah, I mean, is it possible? Yes. I think the writers just weren't paying attention. Yeah. So we're at Lane's house. We're bleaching Lane's hair. Because you got to bleach it before you put a color on. Otherwise, the color's not going to pop. So the bleach is like overpowering, like the scent is like too much for them. And Lane's like, "Good, I want my mom to smell this when she comes in to like know something's happened." But the pain starts getting like overwhelming for her. Does it hurt?
1: Probably. I've never dyed my hair, honestly.
0: But yeah, I doubt they would make it up. I didn't have to bleach my hair before I dyed it because it's already kind of light.
1: When mm-hmm. you were dyeing it black, right? Where Lane's hair is black and she's dyeing it like bright purple. Mm-hmm. It's also possible Rory doesn't super know what she's doing.
0: But Rory is like, "You should drink some soda water. Something about the bubbles helps." Which yeah,
1: Seven Up. Is
0: is that true yeah seven up and she's like all we have is salad water whatever <laughs> that is it was kind of funny yeah so lane decides to just like run around the block instead which is like would no one point that out to her mother <laughs> she was i guess at this point she's like whatever i hope my mom finds out about this yeah what's funny about that though is that lorelei sees that later yeah
1: which also wasn't clear lorelei like has a moment where she's looking out of the school I didn't really know what she was looking at. We had to rewind it.
0: But when she comes back, she feels better. It's all bleach. Salad water is working. And when Rory starts putting the purple on, she starts like pressing Lane about Dave. She's like, Oh, this seems like a, this looks like a love interest for you. Lane is like, no, no, no yes, totally. He's perfect. I want the kind of love you and Dean have. The love I have right now is just so one sided, you know? I want both people to love each other equally. And you can just see Rory's face like, ah, well, you know um, uh, that's not how it is between me and Dean.
1: Yeah, she just keeps trying to bring it back to her hair.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's like, oh, but it looks so good. Obviously, it's weird for Rory. Because she loves, I mean, she loves Jess. She just does. And she doesn't love Dean, and that sucks. But she's got to, she should end it with Dean. I mean, that's what should happen. So cut to the hair is done. It's very purple. They think it looks awesome. It does look good. They take a photo of it. I do think it looks good, too. But then they hear her mom come home, and then Lane just, like, flips like a switch. Like, okay, made a mistake. Can't do this. Please turn my hair back. And she tells Rory she's got to go out the window to go get some black hair dye because her mom can't see her because she knows something's up.
1: Rory's annoyed, and rightly so.
0: Yeah, I would be too.
1: Lane's freaking out this whole episode. She's eating her sandwiches. (laughs) She's just bossing Rory around.
0: But Rory's like an amazing friend. So she's like, cool, cool. She goes out the window, and she goes back to the shop. When she walks in, Shane's still there. Whatever. I don't know how that makes sense. She's returned there? Yeah, she was on break, I guess, to go make out with Jess.
1: She took a break an hour after starting work. (laughs) Maybe half hour? I don't know when school ends. Maybe Shane's not in
0: school. She seems dumb.
1: It could be. She could be out of school.
0: So she uh, is on the phone with Jess, who she was just making out with, and she comments about how he's, like, always mean to her.
1: She says she left something at his place, like her virginity, maybe?
0: (laughs) But she's like, look, you're not looking, I can tell you're watching TV. Which by the way, you can do both.
1: You can look for virginity and watch TV. Uh
0: yeah. That's how I found mine. <laughs> what? It was under the table and I had an episode of Buffy on. None of that makes sense, but other there's this is episode. So. <laughs>
1: She's trying to decide if bloaty is a word.
0: Yeah, which, is bloaty a word you want to say to your boyfriend?
1: Well, what's the context? I can't remember what.
0: She was saying something about feeling bloaty, which is like, are you pregnant? Is that what you're saying to Jess? Maybe. Jess doesn't care. No.
1: If she's bloaty or if she's pregnant.
0: But he tells her it's not a word. She's like, yeah, it is. Well, Rory is mad because why not? She hates this woman. She just walks up and is, like, super rude to her, essentially because she had to wait one second while she was on the phone.
1: She was on a personal call during work when Rory was trying to pay, and she left the shop for, like, half hour to go make up with Rory's love interest, so.
0: <laughs> I get all that. Roy doesn't know they just made out, though. But if she had to wait, like, a minute even, maybe she could be mad, but she waits, like, 30 seconds. She waits, like, one doorbell buzzer. <laughs> but Roy just, like, goes off on her. Just, like, you're a bad employee. You suck. Bloaty's not a word. And she storms off with a hair dye. She pays for it. She does pay for it, which is weird to see how Gilmore pay for something. When they arrive at the school, Lorelai and Luke are walking, and Lorelai sees something. She's very observant in this episode, apparently. That's when she sees Lane, like, running with the dye in her hair or the bleach in her hair. Debbie starts talking to her and trying to get her to remember this really funny thing she said at like a book fair one time. Debbie's like, sure you remember. And she starts to say it and Lorelai starts to say it back. Like it's like an improv exercise. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's- say at it the same time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lorelai's just like trying to follow her lead.
0: Oh, I thought in this scene that like Debbie was like kind of a nice person. I feel like Debbie was being set up to be a nice person.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not really making her out to be a villain. And I wouldn't say Lorelai's like hating her, but Lorelai definitely is just like whatever with this woman. I would say
0: Debbie's being more... And it's weird because it changes. Yes. But I really feel like Debbie is being set up to be like very nice. Like she's sort of like idolizing Lorelai, which Mm -hmm. is like, is that a shitty thing to do? I think that's cool. She likes the main character, guys. So Luke and Lorelai are kind of waiting for the meeting to start or the speech or whatever. And Lorelai sees a photoshopped photo of Butch. And when I say photoshopped, I don't think it's supposed to be photoshopped.
1: It, it looks bad.
0: Clearly is photoshopped.
1: Maybe it was like his actual teen head on a different athlete's body.
0: Butch, by the way, is Luke because that's not clear. Yeah. it <laughs> was like his nickname, I guess, in high school. Luke is just like annoyed to be back here. He hated school. He's also annoyed that that picture is up because Lorelai just starts giving her a hard time about it. I keep calling him Butch.
1: I'm confused here like this is at four but they also say this is for a class so like school is done shane and jess are home sex had but there's a whole classroom full of students that go to that school so like this is like a after school class like, i wouldn't call it a class it's like a special presentation
0: but they go in there and Lorelai walks up front. She's got like a bunch of cue cards, which she like has to reference for every sentence she says.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like a good public speaker.
0: But then she starts getting questions from the students and all the questions are like, so you got preggers? What happened? And then she's like, yeah, and I had Rory and it was great. And they're like, so we should get pregnant? And she's like, no, I'm not saying you should get pregnant. Okay, but if you hadn't gotten pregnant, you wouldn't have Rory, so Rory's bad? It's just like all these crazy questions.
1: Yeah, I'm like, would they care? Occasionally they there's like a weird 16 year old That is like convinced They want to have a baby But I feel like for the most part We're not idolizing that
0: Yeah it's really weird But she sens- essentially says that like no, it wasn't bad that she got pregnant. I do feel like she sort of says, like, you know, maybe it's not a great idea to get pregnant for everybody, but it, you know, it worked out for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's not gonna, like, say that her child was a mistake. Yeah. It's kind of on Debbie here, I think, to be like, okay, let's ask not pregnancy-related questions. Like, Laurel, I can't just discipline these people.
0: Right. But she gets, like, super flustered, and Luke loves it. Uh, we don't see what Luke says during his. But on their way out, like, all the moms approach very, very mad at her. They all look this identical, by the way. It's very funny they all have like the same kind of haircut and, and outfit. sweater and debbie is super mad that they were like encouraging their students to get pregnant which did not happen so Lorelai just goes off on them and starts calling her deb like 30 times it was super funny yeah. i like that and i could see why she doesn't like to be called deb since her name is clearly karen
1: mm. i feel like maybe debbie was the karen of the early 2000s
0: maybe Luke kind of just like pieces out. He's like, yeah, I'm not part of this. Just leaves her to fight these Debras. But when he goes home, he goes upstairs to the apartment and just starts like checking the closet nonchalant while asking Jess about his day. He
1: starts telling Jess about what he did, the presentation. I was like, you don't tell Jess about your day every day. <laughs> this
0: is like... It's also funny because Jess is like, what's going on outside with Lorelai? And looks like, uh, I don't know, something crazy.
1: There. <laughs> women are I don't know. Women, women,
0: right? I don't know. But you should treat it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't like this scene for one reason. So, So, Jess, like, calls Luke out, like, what are you doing? And Luke says, like, well, I'm just seeing if there's any girls in the closet. Because Lorelai said you had a girl in the closet. Why does Luke need to throw Lorelai under the bus? Like, he could have just said, you know, I thought I saw a girl in the closet. He already knows there's bad blood between Lorelai and Jess. So why be like, you got taled on by Lorelai?
1: Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about that, but... That's true. Why why make their relationship worse?
0: You're confronting him either way, so why not just say you're the one that thought you saw it?
1: I think maybe in Luke's mind, Jess and Rory aren't an option anymore, so maybe he doesn't care how Lorelai and Jess get along.
0: I suppose. But then he's just like, you know, you can't just shove a girl in the closet, you know, unless she's Lane That's where she lives. <laughs> um, and then Jess is like, she went in there on her own. And looks like, we, we got to have a talk. You know, he's talking about respecting women. And Jess is like, he doesn't care about this woman. looks like, what? And she's like, she doesn't care about me either. The girls I do like don't care about me. And I'm not going to wait around hoping they change their mind and notice me. Like you and you know, looks like. What, 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 are you, what are you talking about? What, huh? And he's like, are "You fixed any neighbors' porches lately? Huh? Gone on a picnic? Done a stupid speech? At least I've got some self-esteem." I totally agree with Jess on all this. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like Luke's been like Lorelai's lapdog in like every episode to an extent that's like really kind of absurd.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was like a great, I think, writing choice using Jess as a device to point this out to Luke. Totally. I, I mean,
0: there has been episodes, and I point this out where. Luke has been very demanding and needy of Lorelai, and she has reciprocated. That, that's happened, like the one with his uncle's funeral. Mm-hmm. But like 95% of the time, it's Lorelai demanding that Luke help her with this completely obnoxious, unreasonable task that he doesn't want to do. And he'll do it for her. He's such a simp. He's such a simp. I just learned simp. <laughs> someone was saying it, and I was like, I gotta look up simp. Now I feel like an old man.
1: But now it's your favorite word. You said yeah, it I say bunch? simp
0: all the time. I'm calling everybody simp. One time I went to get some hair and that someone was on the phone. Call her a simpter face.
1: That was 20 years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. I was ahead of my time.
1: It looks like, defensive. He's like, you don't know what you're talking about.
0: And then just like, just leaves.
1: This is, like, the best part of the episode, I thought. Yeah, this is,
0: like, the only good part of the episode.
1: Just made some good points. Like, really, really hit Luke hard, I think. He knows he's right, probably. Yeah. But, like, doesn't want to take that from a child who he was just lecturing about how to treat a woman and handle relationship stuff. Right. But I also feel a little bad for Jess here, because he is clearly hurt that he can't be with Rory, I think.
0: Yeah, I get that. They're doing a good job in the show, like, making us, like, understand Jess's point of view. But, like, I don't know.
1: He also says that Shane doesn't treat him well, but I don't know that we have evidence of that. I think she actually is into him.
0: So at the end of the episode, we see Lane again. Her hair is black. So, you know, we successfully hid it from her mother. And Lorelai comes across her and is like, oh, is your hair darker? So they're freaking out. (laughs) But we haven't solved Lane's problem. She still needs to figure out a way to do band practice. And then, weirdly, this seems sort of tacked on, but I think it has a point. Lorelai's like, hey, let's go get food somewhere else tonight. Let's go to Al's Pancake World for some Jamaican. I think she wants to go there because she wants to avoid Luke, because Luke will, like, harass her or, like, rib her too much for, like, what happened at the school.
1: Yeah, it's not really clear. I don't think they're fighting.
0: No, I don't think they're fighting.
1: It just, yeah, it, it's kind of weird. Like, she just sort of is in the middle of that fight with the Debbies. Yeah. And then she tells Rory a little bit about her day. Like, I don't know. That drama was all weird.
0: So, Stace, do you think this is a good episode?
1: No, I don't. That Luke moment with Jess was great. Jess being like, hey, man, I'm a mirror. Look at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the episode wasn't even building up to that, but that was like a really good moment, I thought, and mm-hmm. probably a turning point for Luke.
0: I imagine it's going to have an effect on Luke.
1: But, yeah, the Lane stuff was just, like, unresolved. You know what I mean? Like, nothing happened in this episode.
0: Yeah, all the stuff that did happen with Lane got undone.
1: Right. She literally undid the thing she was going to do. She didn't tell her mom. She's in the same exact place she was when she started. That was, like, sitcom writing. Yeah. That's how sitcoms work. The characters never change or grow. And also with Lorelai, nothing really happened. Like, all of that Deb drama doesn't have an impact on Lorelai's story at all. What?
0: That doesn't come back?
1: Like, I think Lorelai was already aware of the fact that she got pregnant at 16, and it's maybe not ideal, but she's happy with her daughter. Like That doesn't really reinforce anything that we're dealing with in this season or anything. Right. Literally, the only thing that mattered in this episode was that Jess moment with Luke. Even Rory confronting Shane doesn't really matter. We know she doesn't like her. That doesn't change anything for Shane. I don't even know that Shane knows who Rory is to Jess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there was funny parts, love the Luke and Jess moment, but nothing, no, it wasn't a good episode.
0: This episode, honestly, is a bit of a mess. Like, the Jess-Luke thing was good, but it's all over the place otherwise. The timelines don't make sense. A lot of the interactions, I don't feel like, make sense. It's all over the place. And there are some funny parts. There are in every Gilmore Girls, but I don't know that it was, like, an especially funny episode either, really. I expect more from you, Gilmore, but we all have these episodes.
1: Yeah, Brian and I have episodes like this all the time. (laughs)
0: Okay, and now for a segment we like to call... Meanwhile, Uncharmed.
1: Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen.
0: But we're discussing it anyway.
1: Based only on its IMDb summaries. Brian, what happened on Charmed?
0: Meanwhile, Uncharmed, Season 3, Episode 4, All Hollywell's Eve... The sisters are sent back in time on Halloween to save a baby from being born into the clutches of evil. Meanwhile, Leo and Daryl are left to keep the Grimlocks at bay until the sisters return. Okay, how many episodes are they sent through time?
1: Do go through time pretty often, yeah.
0: They're doing a lot of time travel in this magic show.
1: Do you think this baby is someone that we know?
0: Uh yeah, it's the baby Jesus Christ.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: So let me just get this straight. I say it's about baby Jesus and your reaction is, "Oh my gosh?"
1: Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think El Pacino had something to do with this?
0: Their neighbor? Yeah. Yeah, probably. They just had
1: a big spat with him recently.
0: Well, I mean, would he send them back to do a good thing?
1: No, but I bet he was the one in the past who they were trying to save the baby from. Right. I bet him and his wife are gonna have a baby, and you know he's he's a demon. Right. Right. So their other neighbor on the other side, who is played by Tom Hanks.
0: Oh wow, they got Tom Hanks for the show. Yeah, he's just
1: like he plays like pretty close to himself. Oh, okay. He's not a magical person, but he's aware of magical people, and he arranged them to be sent back in time. Well,
0: he's like brokering time travel with a different magical time travel being? Yeah. Okay.
1: That Maybe the Demon Tempest, the time traveling Demon Tempest. Uh-huh.
0: Who's this huge Hanks fan?
1: Yeah. It's actually...
0: <laughs> it's actually Tom Hanks.
1: It's actually Tom Hanks. Al Pacino is playing a character. Right. But Tom Hanks...
0: Well, Tom Hanks is playing Tom Hanks. So
1: yeah, Tom Hanks... As Tom Hanks. Gets the time-traveling Demon Tempest... Right. ...to send the sisters back in time... Right. ...to prevent the other neighbor, mm-hmm. Al Pacino, who's right. playing a demon... Right. ...from having a child. Because that child would just be... Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. ...John whoa, whoa, Connor. Whoa, whoa, Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? They're sending him back to stop him from having a
1: child? No, they don't stop it from being born. They... Instead, set up the woman that Al Pacino was about to have sex with, Mm -hmm. with Tom Hanks. Mm. So the baby gets born good.
0: Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now it seems like Tom Hanks is like, man, I really wanted to bang this woman.
1: Yeah, it's not.
0: In the past.
1: Tom Hanks is also flawed.
0: (laughs) I wish I could have had that happen. You know what? I bet I could.
1: And I mean, they go back. They do it. Right. It's tricky because Piper's real checked out. She doesn't want to be a wish anymore. And Prue's still hiding.
0: She doesn't have magic. She just pretends. Yeah,
1: yeah. So really, this was all Phoebe. Yeah. You know, they're not super magic right now. Right. Piper tries, but we all know. She's not good. Yeah. But like, meanwhile, Leo and Daryl, who, you know, we know Daryl.
0: Dude, Daryl's my favorite character right now.
1: Yeah, totally. Daryl is, um... Well, he's real good at keeping Grimlocks at bay because Daryl was the boy that right. they rescued from Grimlocks.
0: The one I completely forgot about until right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he's an invisible boy.
0: But the Grimlocks can see invisible things if you guys don't remember.
1: Yes, they're...
0: Gremlin warlocks.
1: With sharp nails that, that can, can see, see invisible, invisible things. things. Yeah, and um, they rescued Daryl, the boy, and he lives in the cupboard with Andy. He's big now, though. He's They grow big, fast. Big, like,
0: like in Tom Hanks' movie, Big.
1: Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, because he's invisible, he can also deal with the Grimlocks pretty well. And... Invisible
0: people can see Grimlocks always.
1: Mm-hmm. And Leo can smell them because okay. he's a dog. Right, right, right. So they don't Finally, really again. have a ton of problems keeping him at bay. But it's
0: a pretty easy episode. Yeah.
1: But the house is a mess when the sisters get back. Oh, yeah. And they're like, Leo and Daryl. The end. This is Ben. Meanwhile, Meanwhile uncharmed.
0: uncharmed. So, Stacey, we also watched Buffy. Can you tell us what happened on Beauty and the Beast's?
1: So Belle has to be in two castles at once because she's dating two beasts.
0: This is true. All of this is what happened.
1: No. So this episode deals with varying levels of the beasts within men specifically.
0: That seems to be the theme, yeah.
1: Some more literally than others. Some of the men in these women's lives are literally monsters. Some are good people. Some are bad people. And that's sort of the themes we're exploring And specifically, like, what this actual abusive relationship sort of implies for Buffy's relationship with a little Girl monster. Yeah. It's kind of heavy.
0: It is a bit heavy.
1: So it starts with the call of the wild being read. It's Buffy's voice at first, but then it turns to Willow's voice, and she's reading it to Oz, who's in the library cage.
0: There is a reason for Buffy's voice. You pointed out, like, why did it go from Buffy to Willow? It was a weird choice. But we do find out that that's important.
1: It's a bookend.
0: It's a book beginning, honey.
1: (laughs) But Oz is in the library cage. The gang is taking turns watching him because it's his time of the month. It's the three nights a month where he becomes a werewolf. So I guess the solution is to keep him in the library cage. Like his parents must know he's a werewolf. Yeah. His cousin's a werewolf. You'd think their parents would talk about that. Where's his cousin right now?
0: Yeah, it's a good—well, I mean, a little baby werewolf is probably easier to deal with.
1: I guess. But you'd think his parents would, like, want to know that he's fine and not just, like, leave it up to his friends and his librarian.
0: I agree, but I also feel like maybe Oz's parents aren't super invested in his life. I don't know.
1: Perhaps. Do they even know he failed senior year? Yeah, Who knows? But then Xander comes in, it's like two or three in the morning, he's wearing like a very tight shirt and holding his like thermos and his book to hide his giant pecs. Yeah. You told me that Joss Wheaton had to tell him to stop working out because yeah. he was not nerdy enough anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's kind of buff now. Yeah. Yeah. And he keeps dressing in a way that shows it.
0: It was probably the actor being like, I want to show off my body.
1: Yeah. But, like, what? he's just walking into the school at 2, 3 in the morning. When is the school locked? How did he get in?
0: God, none of that makes sense, man. The, the, Sometimes
1: this... the doors are wide open and magic blows them shut. Sometimes they're locked and they can't get out.
0: Yeah, like in uh, I Only Have Eyes for You, it was, like, super late at night. And then the ghost closes all the doors. But I'm like, why are they all open?
1: The door locking in the show is much like the paying for food in Gilmore Girls. It doesn't, it's inconsistent. Willow gives Xander the rundown on how to take care of werewolf Oz. It's maybe implied that Willow and Oz have fooled around a little bit, which Xander doesn't love.
0: Yeah, I feel like Xander's reaction is a little silly, too. Or he's like, what? I guess maybe he's being playful. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I think he was being jelly.
0: I don't know. She's your friend. I feel like you should be supportive. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Who cares?
1: But Xander's like, yeah, yeah, I got this. Willow leaves and Xander just immediately goes to sleep. Immediately. Doesn't even try. Just like the
0: second she's gone, he's like, I'm I'm going to sleep.
1: Faith and Buffy are patrolling. We've talked about this before, but what, what is patrol? <laughs> like, ideally, the Slayer should not be a high school student like Faith. Yeah. Who can just be nocturnal as the vampires are. But like, Buffy can't just stay up all night every night. So, you know, she's going to patrol from, like, what, 11 till at least 2 a.m., I guess? Like, she can't do that every night either. She'd be so tired.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you might be able to argue that like, slayers need less sleep. They never say that in the show. But, I mean, he... like,
1: what if the vampire comes out at 4 after she goes to bed?
0: Also, don't you think the vampires would be like, hey, there's a slayer in this town. If you see a woman kind of walking around very confidently in a graveyard, maybe <laughs> ignore her. <laughs> also,
1: maybe her and face should split up.
0: Yeah. Anyway. I guess they want to stay safer together. They do sort of get that from Joyce.
1: Yeah. Anyway, they're talking about Scott. Buffy's been on a couple dates with him. They call him a muffin, and we know Buffy loves muffins. She
0: loves muffins. They're like her animal crackers.
1: (laughs) Things must be going great with Scott. She's definitely glad, though, that she's not dating a beast anymore, she says. And Faith is like, well, all men are beasts. And Buffy's like, I don't know. And Faith's like, no, really. They're all terrible. You'll see.
0: I don't know if she says they're all terrible, but they all got some beast in them.
1: Yeah. And then we see a teen boy getting attacked by a mysterious monster in the woods. At school the next day, it seems like Buffy has told Willow what Faith says, because Willow says something like, Oh, I don't think that's true. Some men are nice men. And then we have this very forced meeting with Willow Oz, Buffy Scott, and Scott's weird friends, Pete and Debbie... Actually, Debbie has kind of the same haircut as the Debbies.
0: I know. (laughs) It's so weird. It's weird. It's super weird.
1: Oz and Debbie know each other from band, and Pete's given Debbie, like, a handful of weeds, which Buffy calls beautiful flowers. They're just, like, dandelion. Pretty much. But Buffy tells everybody that she's got to go see Mr. Platt, the school psychiatrist. And then Debbie's like, oh, yeah, I have to go see him, too, because I'm flunking bio. But, oh, my God, I hate him so much. He's the worst. All very boring info, but I guess this is all necessary setup.
0: Yeah. I think it's also trying to make it feel like we're not going to like Mr. Platt.
1: Yeah, maybe. But it just makes me not like Debbie and Pete. Right. Giles is freaking out because news of the dead student from the woods has spread and turns out he was terribly mauled and it seems likely that it was Oz. So they're like trying to figure out how Oz could have gotten out and turns out this window in Oz's cage is just open. Why is there a window in there?
0: Well, first off, it's Willow and Giles' fault that that window was open. Like, yeah. you think that would have been closed immediately. Also, maybe, like, Oz would have noticed the window was open inside. Yeah. But all that being said, 100% Xander's fault that he fell asleep. That's so dumb. That's yeah. so dumb.
1: And Xander reveals that he was asleep. And he's like, yeah, Oz was here, though, when I... And Giles is just like, when you woke up?
0: <laughs> Giles hates Xander so much.
1: It is kind of Xander's fault. Like, he was supposed to be watching him.
0: It's 100% Xander's fault. 95% Xander's fault. If
1: Giles knows there's a window in that cage, that's gotta be, like, super locked.
0: Yeah, there should be, like, a screen in front of it, really. The
1: whole point of that cage is to put bad people in there. We shouldn't have an escape route. Like, if they had shown that Oz, like, broke the lock off or something. Anyway, Oz is sad because he maybe killed someone and he knew the dead guy. So Buffy goes to see Mr. Platt, who's just, like, openly smoking in his office. He's got a real cool guy, like, teacher back backwards in a chair vibe he's like i want to be your friend man i can teach you i can help you change i can show you how to fight your demons and buffy's like oh i got demons all right and she kind of tells him about angel without telling him he's like well you can't stay sad and lost you gotta move on i almost got the vibe that she's like just gonna tell him her whole deal yeah but let's just say uh she doesn't get the chance I thought this guy was going to be a character. He seemed cool.
0: He was not. He was one of the few people that's nice to Buffy. In Buffy, if you're a teacher who is sympathetic to Buffy, you're going to die. Just like the mantis dude. Yeah. He wasn't a mantis, but the, the professor in the mantis episode. She
1: kind of liked Principal Flutie. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Buffy shouldn't like teachers. Yeah.
0: He's not dead yet, but he will. Spoilers.
1: Yeah. The gang's still kind of processing what Oz might have done. Giles is still super pissed at Xander, as he should be. He's going to punch Xander one of these days. (laughs) He's just done so many wrong things at this point. Uh Like he hasn't forgiven him from bewitched, bothered, bewildered, I don't think. I guess he did save his life. He rescued him from Angel. Right. They're all going to split up to figure out what's going on. They suggest that Faith should watch Oz, which makes him upset because it's like, oh, you got to have a Slayer watch me? I'm just a dumb monster. But it's like, well, she's just another one of them. Like, would you be upset if it was Buffy?
0: Yeah. And I mean, you are a big monster. So having a strong person there isn't a terrible idea.
1: Yeah. But he's upset. He's like just going to leave. And then Re- Willow reminds him that it's time for him to change. And so he goes in his little cage and like, get away from me, Willow. Not like mad at her, but just like upset with his condition, I guess. Yeah. So Willow, Xander, and Cordelia break into the morgue to see like what they can glean from the body. Like if it looks like it was a werewolf death. Again, how did they break into the morgue?
0: I'm guessing with, like, Willow's hacking skills somehow. That seems to be the answer a lot of the time. It
1: seems like that would be something that you couldn't just, I don't know, maybe it wouldn't be that guarded.
0: Maybe a vampire recently, like, broke out. A lot of things and creatures seem to break out of the morgue.
1: That's true. But they call this doing crime, which was cute.
0: That was funny. And also, we got to talk about Willow's lunchbox. I loved it. It's a Scooby-Doo lunchbox.
1: Were they called the Scooby gang at this time?
0: I don't think they've ever called it that in the show at this point. No, but
1: like had the world started saying that? I don't
0: know. I think so. Okay. But if they hadn't, it's like kind of a nod to the idea of what they're solving mysteries all the time.
1: But as we've said, this body is very mauled and Xander and Cordelia are like super grossed out. Willow seems to be handling it fine until she's done examining it and she just like passes out. (laughs) But it's inconclusive. They can't tell what killed the body. Buffy has gone looking in the woods to see if I guess she can find what did the mauling. And she finds something else. It's Angel. And he seems, um, uh, like rabid.
0: <laughs> yeah, animalistic.
1: Yeah, it's neither version of Angel that we've known. And he, like, attacks her. Like, he wants to kill her. Not in, like, a vampire way. Like, a, I want to knock you down and eat you way. But not, like, a vampire bite you way. Just, like, eat for lunch.
0: But not, like, in a vampire way. But like-,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like a wolf way?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Not like a werewolf way.
0: No, guys, we've got to get this clear. (laughs) Like in a Jeffrey Dahmer way.
1: (laughs) Yes. But she doesn't let him. She knocks him down, chains him up at Spike's house. And he's not even like speaking, he's just like grunting like a total animal. And she finds this like weird outline on the ground where his body reappeared. And meanwhile, Faith is watching Oz rocking out to some tunes on her Walkman. She's like dancing. You can't just like wiggle a portable CD player. <laughs> <The> CD skips.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that.
1: Flailing around with it.
0: God, you remember that? Remember when CD players used to skip? Yeah,
1: you had to sit perfectly still and listen to your music.
0: I just remember like, oh, I got my CD player for this car trip. Too bad. Doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Like a a solid bump in the car trip would jostle the CD player. Yeah. Anyway, Buffy comes into the library, comes up behind her, and Faith gets scared and just like smacks Buffy.
0: (laughs) She punches her right in the jaw.
1: She says she's there to relieve Faith of her duties, but she's actually there to use the library. What? She takes, like, a whole drawer of card catalog. And then Giles comes in the next morning and finds Buffy sleeping and doesn't get mad at her.
0: Yeah, I I just want to mention Xander totally wrong for falling asleep but like giles doesn't give a shit that buffy's asleep and not even like near the cage
1: to be fair it is now morning so like maybe it's been daylight for a while and buffy just went to sleep
0: but she didn't let oz out of the cage yeah
1: nobody asked her how long she'd been asleep
0: it'd be weird if like she saw oz turn back into a human and was like well he's gonna stay in there a bit i'm gonna uh, take a nap <laughs>
1: Yeah, but Giles almost just, like, is weirdly romantic about it. He's just, like, cutely watching her sleep and wakes her up gently.
0: Well, he's, like, surprised she did studying and used the library. I think he's just so happy she used the library. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's caught her reading about Akathala and demon dimensions. So then she tells him about Angel, but she says that it was a vivid dream. And then he explains basically what we learned about demon dimensions in the first episode of this season, that like time moves differently there. And if someone were to escape after their time there, they'd basically be a monster after enduring hundreds of years of torture. And he says it would take someone with extraordinary will and character to retain any semblance of self. And some types of monsters want to be redeemed and some are void of humanity and can't understand reason or love. Hmm. What type will Angel be, Brian? I don't know. And then Willow walks in with donuts. She's all weird from not sleeping. And then Buffy, like, pressures Willow about what they found at the morgue. Because she suspects now that the thing that killed the guy in the woods might be Angel. Right. Which she's not saying. But I think Giles suspects. Because he sees that Buffy's, like, being weird. And I I don't know. I just feel like he thinks there might be more than what she's saying. Yeah. Because they, like, have a close-up of his face. So then at lunch, Buffy's made herself a plate full of all kinds of jello. What the hell? It's all for what school has that many jellos? <laughs> like three different types of jello.
0: Well, we know most of our students have probably been mauled this week, so <laughs> the jaws might not work. Let's go all jello.
1: She sits with Scott and his weird friends. Everyone's shitting on Mr. Platt again, and Buffy's like, I like him. Which is, as we've discussed,
0: death sentence.
1: Scott's friends suck. Like I guess he would have friends so I'm thinking that's why they're there but it turns out they're important we just don't reveal that till like 75% of the way through yeah. the episode. And Scott's such a sweetheart but Buffy's all hung up on Angel again so she's like I got to go deal with my emotions.
0: It's so funny cuz Scott's probably like god this woman is crazy. This girl is so high maintenance. But also she's beautiful. (laughs) She's the most attractive woman in the town. Yeah. Next to maybe Charisma Carpenter.
1: Who's played by Tom Hanks. (laughs) (laughs) So Buffy sneaks off to go visit Angel at Spike's house. And he kind of seems like he's going to be sweet, like he's calmed down. Maybe he's in there. And she approaches him, but nah, he's he's still all animal-y. I think she should just fuck him. Like,
0: <laughs> Okay, what?
1: That seemed to do something to him last time. I mean, it didn't do a good thing to him. Well, <laughs> it'll do the opposite this time.
0: Okay, Mary, don't put you in charge of spells.
1: Uh. <laughs> she leaves. She's like, he's not horny. I gotta go. And the camera shows us his chains, which means those aren't lasting.
0: To be fair to the show showing us that, like, doesn't look like that was a permanent solution.
1: No. So she goes back to school for some emergency therapy about this, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, she is going to tell this guy her whole deal, but he's facing the window with a cigarette, all cool guy again. She tells him not to turn around, which is weird, I thought, but-
0: I think they're trying to justify why he doesn't.
1: Yes, yes. But his, uh, his cigarette's been uh, burning for a while. He's, um, he's been mauled. He's no longer with us.
0: He got fluted.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, Pete, now that we're almost done with the episode, (laughs) we're going to figure out what his deal is.
0: Yeah, we are so deep in this episode before we even start talking about what's going on.
1: Pete has lured Debbie into one of the school's many large storage areas for a little fooling around before class. He's real mad at her because he suspects she's been drinking or dumping out his glowing green liquid that he keeps in this room. Debbie.
0: This is so like women. <laughs> like, what? what? Just dumping out their man's glowing green reanimator fluid.
1: What is this <laughs> what now? What is
0: this? What is happening in this episode right now?
1: How did we get here? Very late reveal that this guy is a monster. Like, I knew he sucked, but like <laughs> literally this green stuff is turning him into a monster. But he's like, I don't even need the liquid anymore. Your stupid grating voice is enough, Debbie, to turn me into a monster. And then he does. He just like manifests himself into a monster,
0: he does like a weird special effect from like
1: 1995.
0: Yes, yeah, it's <laughs> like... like the mask. <laughs> yeah, exactly like the mask.
1: <laughs> but he doesn't change all that much. He just gets kind of veiny. Yeah, like he doesn't get big or anything.
0: But I guess he's very strong. It's like hyper steroids or something.
1: Yeah, but apparently she is the reason he started this formula in the first place to be the man she wanted. What?
0: Willow later explains it's to make him mas macho. Like, what is this juice? Is he like a we? Ha- I guess we're supposed to think he's like a brilliant super alchemist, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I don't get that vibe from him at all. No, and the and the episode has done
0: no legwork to like plant evidence or like foreshadow any of this.
1: You're the reason I started the formulas. Is the formula the liquid? Is the formula the calculations you did to arrive at the liquid? Like, what, what I would
0: have been I would have been happier if this liquid was just like he found the coach's fluids from the Go Fish episode. Yeah. That would have been like, okay, that solves the problem.
1: How many secret chemists does the school have? So many.
0: There's all these random rooms you can go in <laughs> and just make. But also, we haven't got any indication this episode that like, Deb is into hypermasculine masculine men or anything either. No. They seem happy.
1: Yeah. But he accuses her of cheating and then just like hits her. A lot. And makes fun of therapy again. And then he sees that she's bleeding and he feels bad. And he's like, you know, you shouldn't make me mad. This is all your fault. And then she comforts him. Yeah.
0: That's very, like, victim-abuser cycle stuff that's gross. Not gross, like, bad writing. I mean, that whole part of this episode is bad writing. But, like, too true. You know what I mean? Like,
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, this is, like, the true beast of the episode. Like, literally the thing that's killing the people. But also the one man that actually is a bad, bad man. Yeah. Giles, through a lot of alliteration, informs us that Platt was pureed, a term coined by the coroner, (laughs) (laughs) and it's been confirmed that he was killed during the day, which means it couldn't have been Oz. Or Angel. Buffy thinks to herself. (laughs) Oz is outside meeting Debbie to give her some notes and notices that she's got a black eye. Pete, of course, is spying on them. The rest of them put all the clues together that it is Pete. Debbie's fixing her eye in the bathroom, and Buffy and Willow go to confront her about this. And Buffy's, like, actually kind of mean about it, considering this woman's being abused, but I get it. Debbie's taking the blame for this, which frustrates Buffy. But It's, like, not so easy for Debbie to just turn him in, even though he's an asshole because she loves him. But really, this is all kind of Buffy talking to herself about unconditionally loving a monster as well. Yeah, totally. So Oz is in his cage now, and Pete confronts him, and Oz is like, well, things are about to get a little weird. You're going to see some things you probably wouldn't believe, and then Pete does his the mask thing, and Oz is like, or you might. That was
0: so funny. <laughs> he's like, or you might.
1: And it's kind of not going great for Oz. Until moon time, werewolf Oz fares a little better, but I don't know. This guy, I think, is kind of beating even werewolves. I
0: think this guy is stronger than all of them. I think he's stronger than a werewolf. I think he's stronger than a slayer. Yeah. He's very mas macho. <laughs>
1: Muy mas macho. Because
0: he rips the door off. Of the cage. Which the werewolf was not able to do. I just think the werewolf was able to, like, kind of hold his own a little bit more. I mean, way better than Oz could.
1: Buffy and Willow give up on trying to convince Debbie. She's convinced that he loves her. Again, all a metaphor for Buffy. I can't give up on Angel. He loves me. He's in there. Giles and them all run to the library. Buffy tries to tranquilize Pete with the gun they have for Oz, but Debbie, like, pushes the gun out of the way, and sh- so Buffy shoots Giles. <laughs> I love dad. that. Do we even see him the rest of the episode? No, he just like passes out. Faith is trying to keep Oz under control and they do manage to tranquilize him because Pete's like running off. Buffy fights him, but he like gets out the window. Again, got to be locking down the school better at night. Debbie goes to like find comfort in Pete, but he's mad because he thinks she told Buffy everything. And he, he kills her, right? Yeah. He kills her. Buffy like finds her and checks her pulse, and then Pete attacks her, punches Buffy a bunch, and is like, "You're all the same women, I guess."
0: If you're dating a Debbie, I can understand how you think women are all the same.
1: He's dated all the Debbies from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Buffy does have similar haircut. But yeah, you you think that he's stronger than Buffy?
0: I do. I think that Buffy knows how to fight better than him, but I think the idea is that he's stronger than Buffy, yeah.
1: But also, like, what? They say he doesn't drink the liquid anymore. He just sort of, like, powers himself. What caused that transformation? Pfft, I mean, none of this makes sense. Okay. <laughs> so he's beating Buffy until Angel shows up. He broke out of his chains. I knew he'd break out, but I forgot. Like, I didn't even think of the possibility that he would show up at this moment. It was I was shocked and happy. So he kills Pete. So do you think Angel is stronger than Pete?
0: No, he just like gets the chain around his neck and I just don't think the guy can get it off. I don't, I don't know. He's definitely weaker than Pete.
1: And Angel's got all those hundreds of years of torment adrenaline. Yeah.
0: Also, Pete is pretty injured at this point. Sure. Because the werewolf hurt him pretty bad, I think. Yeah, he
1: was like bleeding when he went out the window. Yeah. And then Angel notices... Buffy.
0: Well, when Angel shows up, he sees Buffy, sees the guy. I think we're led to believe or feel that he's maybe going to attack Buffy. Or Buffy feels like he's going to attack her. And then he attacks the guy instead.
1: Oh, okay. But he kills Pete. And then it kind of seems like he's normal again. Like, he turns off his vamp face and he walks over to Buffy. He's like, Buffy? And their music plays. And Buffy doesn't really seem to know what to think. Like, she doesn't seem happy. She's just kind of looking around at these two dead lovers thinking like, yeah, that's me.
0: But then he sort of does what Pete did, where he, like, needs comfort from Buffy. Yeah. And she starts crying and holding him. Now, I I do want to say that this parallels aren't the same here. Like, I I almost kind of didn't like this part because...
1: It's complicated.
0: He's just spent literally hundreds of years in hell. So, like, needing comfort after that is understandable. (laughs) Right. Whereas, like, when Pete did it, it was like, no, dude, you're, you're not the victim, man.
1: And Angel has done bad things, but maybe not this version of Angel has done bad things?
0: So it's kind of complicated because later in the show they sort of make a distinction between Angel and his demon. Okay. And they call the demon part Angelus. I don't know when they do this, but
1: they... I mean, they've said that he's called Angelus.
0: Right, but I mean, they... They make it very... When he's evil, they refer to him as Angelus. When he's not evil, they refer to him as Angel.
1: Yeah, I do feel like you were able to make a distinction that I don't understand. And it, it's not important other than
0: um, it's just easier to make that distinction. Like, Angel Angel hasn't done anything that's really morally wrong. Like, very morally wrong, anyway. hmm Angelus definitely has.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it's still like, yeah, Buffy is in this weird relationship where she's with sort of a volatile man.
0: Right, and and even if Buffy knows this Angel didn't do those things, I feel like it's probably pretty hard to separate that. Yeah. A man who looks identical to him and knew all of the same things, tortured me and my friends and killed my friends for months. <laughs> like
1: Yeah, it's hard to like justify bringing him home to your mom for dinner after he, you know, drew a picture of her while she was sleeping. Yeah. So the kids are all talking the next day. Willow's like, it's all over school, what happened with Pete and Debbie. (laughs) Like, no shit.
0: Yeah, it's all over school.
1: The two people that died in the closet, people are talking about it?
0: To be fair, I mean, there's a death a day in Sunnydale, so it's just good. Were people not talking about Mr. Platt?
1: I mean... They're talking about all the different rumors that are going around justifying what this was. And Cordelia's like, yeah, what happened? Where have I been? Where was she? She was at the morgue, and that was like it. Maybe one other scene?
0: She's in the next one a lot.
1: I guess Xander kind of wasn't in it after a point either. Yeah. But they're all basically theorizing about what this is. And this is where Willow says the thing you said. They like found his lab books and found out he was making a potion to make him more macho to keep Debbie from leaving him.
0: I, I hate when the show does this, when it's just like, at the end, someone's like, here's what
1: happened. Yeah. But, like, I don't buy that Debbie asked for that.
0: Yeah, it's just there was no indication. Like, they could have had, like, one scene where she talks about being in, like, strong eyes or something.
1: You yeah, know? like that sets him off or something. But she seemed to like him just the way he was. Yeah. Anyway, Buffy goes to talk to Scott. He tells her some poem about his sadness after losing his whack friends and never really knowing what someone's going through. I guess he's probably talking about Buffy's emotions as far as the show goes. Yeah. And then it ends with Buffy reading the rest of the Call of the Wild to Angel. Not actually. She's just saying it in her head. But we see her watching him sleep at Spike's house and he's probably not having like great dreams. His sleep looks bad. Yeah. Um, that's the episode. Brian, was this a good one?
0: Well, it's tough. I feel like this was a pretty good episode, but, like, n- the main plot of this episode was just so haphazardly thrown at us. Yeah. I do think a lot of it was good. The angel stuff was good. The uh-huh. Oz stuff was good. Uh-huh. The Willow stuff was good. The Gile stuff was good.
1: It's almost like Dead Man's Party. Yeah. Where, like, the actual thing of the week is, what? But Exactly. This one's even worse, because it was introduced so late, and yeah. it's so heavy. But it also goes with the theme of the episode.
0: The episode needed, like, one more scene with Deb and Pete, like, earlier to, like, foreshadow some of this or give us the evidence we really needed. Mm -hmm. And maybe they did film it and they cut it. I don't know. But, like, oh, it was just so late.
1: It's on the cutting room floor with that scene with Lorelai doing her baby voice.
0: (laughs) Somewhere. We'll get the complete ones. Unrated. Uncut. But like Dead Man's Party, I feel like the drama and interpersonal relationship stuff was all good. One thing about this episode I do want to mention is I remember watching this as a teen and thinking like, oh, this episode like hates men.
1: Specifically because Faith kind of says.
0: Well, Faith says the thing like all men have beasts. And then also like we have the abuser needing the woman to treat him like he was the victim. But then we see that mirrored with Angel. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it was just me being a dumb kid who was, like, feeling guilt for stuff. Not guilt for stuff I did, but, like, feeling bad. But, like, I think this episode does make clear that that's not necessarily true. Like, Willow's like, I don't think that's true.
1: Yeah. I don't really know much about Faith at this point, but that could just be, like, Faith's own shit.
0: Right, and I think now uh, that I can see that, like, yeah, Faith can have that opinion.
1: Like, maybe she's had bad experiences with men, but like, what she actually says is, "All men have beasts," is just like saying the theme of the episode. Yeah, where she's maybe for her saying that all men are bad, but for us, it's like, no, just the men in this episode are all doing bad things in different ways, and some it's just things they can't control. Like Oz doesn't want to be a bad guy, but he literally is a monster. Probably staying with Angel. He didn't ask to be a vampire. Right. And this version of Angel maybe it seems good, but can't control himself right now.
0: Well, I mean, he's more beast in the like literal sense, yeah, right? Yeah. Like anyway, and didn't bother me at all this time. But I mean, even- I do think it's some heavy stuff that they lay down. It's kind of sloppily handled, where it's like if it's this heavy, maybe it shouldn't be this sloppy.
1: Yeah. And even Giles and Xander kind of do bad things. Like Xander neglects his very important duty. Yes. And then Giles has a couple like anger issues almost. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think his anger is pretty justified.
1: That's true. But I wondered if that wasn't intentional to, like, have him be a bit of a beast just for a second. I'm trying to figure out what this, like, torture will mean for Angel. Like, in some ways, I'm like, is this sort of a weird, like... It's going to be good for, for him because he's done all these bad things that he's very aware of as angel, good angel, that he, like, thinks he deserves to be punished. So now, like, having gone through hell, that'll somehow, like, work out his demons, so to speak. Since he was cursed when he went to this dimension, is that slate, like, wiped clean? Like, is he still dealing with this curse?
0: I mean, I don't want to answer any of
1: those Yeah, words. I know. But it's just things I'm thinking about. Like... Now will he be absolved of all the guilt, having borne the punishment of hell, like Jesus dying and going to hell for us?
0: Well, I think that if he doesn't feel guilt, there's a much easier chance that he'll lose his soul again.
1: But is that still a thing? I mean, you can't answer that. But I I don't know.
0: how. As far as we've been told, the same curse that was used previously was used again. And the wording of that curse, or rather the terms of that curse are if he feels a moment of true happiness, meaning he's not being tortured anymore, which is the point of that curse, the curse is broken.
1: But then he died. Sure. So you're saying I was- don't think
0: he did die though by the way.
1: He just got sent to hell. Yeah,
0: she didn't stake him.
1: Didn't she put a sword through his heart?
0: That doesn't kill you if you're a
1: vampire. That's true. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see what happens with him.
0: I'm excited cuz this S season is great.
1: It's complicated because mm-hmm. it seems like he's back and he's Angel Angel under there somewhere. But I feel like she's dealing with some thoughts of like should I be with him now?
0: Yeah, well, I mean it's oof. oof. It's rough.
1: It's rough. Okay. Brian, which episode was better?
0: I think Buffy was better this week.
1: Yeah, I agree. Even though that Pete stuff was so bad and dumb.
0: So dumb, so sloppy.
1: So late in the game. Gilmore just wasn't good.
0: Yeah, I mean, this isn't a stellar episode of Buffy. Not going to pretend that it is. No. Because the writing wasn't perfect. But I do think it just overall was a better one than than Gilmore
1: Girls. It said a lot more and it moved the plot along. Yeah. Where Gilmore Girls had like no point,
0: really. Gilmore Girls was pretty much treading water.
1: Uh Uh-huh. This one wasn't that funny either, Buffy. Some no. some parts, but I feel like
0: there was like, there was like two, uh, three or four really good jokes. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it wasn't one of those like hilarious episodes.
1: No, but I think it was it was very. This wasn't a hard one. It was very clearly Buffy. Yeah. Okay.
0: If you guys want to watch along next week, we'll be watching of the Vampire Slayer Season 3, Episode 5, Homecoming, which is going to be a good one.
1: As well as Gilmore Girls Season 3, Episode 5, 8 O'Clock at the Oasis, which I think I remember some of the habits, but I don't know if it's a good one or not.
0: In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast. Who do you think was stronger? Do you think Pete was stronger than the Slayers?
1: How many jellos were in your cafeteria?
0: Have you ever dyed your hair to spite your parents?
1: What is Shane's work schedule?
0: Have you ever wanted to make a green glowing potion to make yourself more desirable to a partner?
1: Let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content.
0: If you love our podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps our podcast out and helps us get discovered by even more Buffy and Gilmore fans.
1: You can do that by scrolling to the bottom of the episode list, find the ratings and reviews section, tap on write a review, and review away. And if you leave a review, we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming podcast.
0: For even more comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an EY.
1: That's right. We also make comedy sketches, play board games, and review movies in a similar style to our podcast. For all that and more, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacey.
0: If social media isn't your thing, you can send us an email at Brian and Stacy Reviews at gmail.com.
1: Alright, do you want to go try some of that green liquid? I don't need
0: it anymore, Stacy. Just your voice is enough. So no? No, I'm good, actually. Thanks though. <laughs> if I be the Gilmore slave,